Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to The Good Stuff. I'm Jacob Schick, and I'm joined by my co-host and wife, Ashley Schick. Jake is a third-generation combat Marine, and I'm a Gold Star granddaughter. And we work together to serve military, veterans, first responders, frontline healthcare workers, and their families with mental and emotional wellness through traditional and non-traditional therapy at One Tribe Foundation. We believe everyone has a story to tell, not only about the peaks, but also the valleys they've been through to get them to where they are today. Each week, we invite a guest to tell us their story, to share with us the lessons they've learned that shape who they are and what they're doing to pay it forward and give back. Our mission with this show is to dig deep into our guest's journey so that we can celebrate the hope and inspiration their story has to offer. We're thrilled you're joining us. Again, welcome to The Good Stuff. Our guest today is an executive at one of America's most well-known brands with over 75,000 employees and many years on the Forbes Top 100 Places to Work list. John Fryer of T-Mobile is here today to tell us the harrowing story of his childhood and his amazing climb to the top of the American dream. John grew up in West Texas during the oil boom bust that left countless families dealing with the harsh realities of poverty, including his own father's death by suicide when John was just 10 years old. It's truly inspiring that a corporate executive is so willing to share his story. Agreed, and it's one that's so honest, vulnerable, and yet so inspiring. Sit back, you guys are going to thoroughly enjoy this. We are so excited about today's episode. We have been hoping, praying, wishing, and working so hard to get you on here with us. John Fryer from T-Mobile, thank you so much for joining us here on The Good Stuff. Uh, you're very welcome, Ashley. It is so great to be here. 
It's good to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you too. I know it has when been was a while. The last, time? the last time we saw one another, I think, was on Veterans Day in late 2021, November 11th of 2021, in New York City. You all it. came up, and you are a big part of our keynote for our T-Mobile Veterans Day event in That's New York. Right. So incredible to go up there and get to meet more of your team. Uh-huh. And we love T-Mobile. T-Mobile and One Tribe Foundation do a lot together, and we are so thrilled to be part of the Magenta family and have you as part of the tribe. Yeah, thank you. Well, we love what you're doing with One Tribe and you know, supporting the military and supporting veterans is a big part of the fabric of our company. And we have one of our diversity, equity, and inclusion networks that is called VAN, or Veterans and Allies Network. And tens of thousands of people are a part of that. Every single year, our biggest event is at Veterans Day in New York City, where we bring in people, veterans, and guests from all over the country and come in and we participate in the parade. And over the years, I know a couple of folks on my team, between Ryan Haskell and Dave Plunkett have gotten to know all of you incredibly well. And then I got to hear more of your story. And I was incredibly inspired by the story. And I'm like, absolutely, let's get more involved. And it's just an honor of ours to be able to help and participate and support you guys and what you're trying to do. It's a huge deal for us. And main reason being, too, is because T-Mobile definitely went against the grain. And I dig that. Just because all these people are rowing in the same direction doesn't mean they're doing it the right way. You know, and I love how T-Mobile kind of broke in and Mule kicked the door in and was pretty much like, here we are, stand by. (laughs) Totally. Me and Buck were talking. He runs our watch program. And I was like, I really want to get to know those guys better. Because that's really indicative, too, of like a Marine Corps mindset. Yeah. We're going to show up. And we're just not taking no for an answer. Yeah. And you're going to find a way. Yeah. Yeah. We will not stop moving forward. Right. Right. So I dig that. I mean, that's really is is 22 Kill, which is our roots, what we started as. And I mean, that's definitely really how we got going and got momentum in the suicide awareness aspect for the warrior class. And then evolving all the way to... One Trap Foundation, which is full-blown mental and emotional wellness for a myriad of demographics. There's a lot of similarities, and I appreciate that fact. You you guys are definitely trailblazers, and and it's to be respected. Our big mantra at T-Mobile for the last 10 years has been three words. We won't stop. And as you just talked about, you're finding a way and you're not stopping. That's kind of who we are, is pushing the boundaries and trying to change, you know, this incredible technology of smartphones and tablets, and we're all connected to the internet. Mm -hmm. And it's historically come with all of this, you know, rules and regulations and gotchas. And we wanted to disrupt all of that and change all of that. And to help people be able to be connected to their world. And in fact, our mission at our company is to be the best in the world at connecting customers to their world. Because you can't really live life without being connected to these devices. Our work, our hobbies, our friends, our family, everything everything is connected to these smartphones. So for us, we like to push the boundaries and think about what's possible, dream about what seems to be impossible and go chase it. 
And who better to be inspired than our nation's military and the veterans who've bravely served this country than to tap into some of that DNA and apply that within our own company. And we knew you were on the same mission as us, Mm -hmm. cut from the same cloth, from the jump. We also have a couple other things in common. You are a son of the Republic of Texas. I am. I am a daughter of the Republic of Texas. And we're both... Native West Texans. That's right. Yeah. So my sixth great grandfather served as a Texas Ranger during the American Civil War. And then my seventh great grandfather served as a Texas Ranger during the Republic of Texas between 1836 and 1845. And when Texas was its own country for nine years, if you're from Texas, you absolutely know those dates. You know what that means. You know what that means. (laughs) And if you're from Texas and don't know those dates, Shame on you. Learn exactly. Them. Go back to Learn the seventh them. grade and retake <laughs> Texas history. Yeah. So you, your very big world and everything that you're doing and connecting so many people started out in a small West Texas town yeah. of Odessa. Yeah. I was in uh, the middle of the vast oil fields of West Texas out in Odessa, the home of Friday Night Lights, Permian High School, Mojo back in the day, I Golly, guess still today. Yeah. They could play. They, they used to st- be able to really play. I don't know about today. <laughs> I haven't followed it as much recently, but... They can still oh, play. Yeah, I think that's right. They can still yeah. play. Yeah. yeah. So half of the time before I was 18 was a little bitty town west of Odessa called Kermit. And then we moved to Odessa. And yeah, went to grade school, junior high school, all in the Odessa area. Crazy. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. 
Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. What was it like growing up in Odessa at that time? Ooh, so I am almost 48. So I was born in 1975. So most of my time was 1980, 81 to when I left in 1994. There's two tales of West Texas in the 1980s. The first tale was this economic boom. Everybody's looking for oil under every rock because price of oil was you know, out of control and just sky high. And then that was met by the crash in the mid-1980s. And that was a really severe crash and a lot of economic despair and major recession. And this might be a little bit over-dramatizing, but I think if you lived during that period of time in that particular area, it was our generation's depression. It was that severe of an economic change where the price of oil went from 30-something dollars a barrel to seemingly overnight to about $13 a barrel and all mm. economic activities stopped. Wow. And so it was really kind of a two tales that I got to see, which is kind of as a kid, I remember riding high, the family riding high, not a care in the world, everybody having fun and you know, just all kinds of craziness for a small town craziness in the early 1980s. And then by the mid 1980s, all of that gone away and we're living a very different life. As I just think about my own children who that whole time period so far has been kind of one steady time period and they don't have like what I experienced, which is just two remarkably different points of time within 10 years. That's Um, a drastic fluctuation that most people probably haven't experienced yeah. In their lifetime. Yeah. I mean, because that takes a toll. Yeah, it does. It does take a toll. And, you know, on one hand, it was so great to grow up in that part of the country because people are so incredible. And West Texas is a little bit of a different place. Like anyone will do anything for you until you don't live up to your commitment, until they can't trust you. And then it's a whole different experience. But I have some of the greatest memories from being in West Texas and the simple life and the the awesome people and still imprinted in me today. That's awesome. Yeah. It is a great special place. Yeah. Tell us about your childhood, when it comes to your home, your family, and what you experienced as a child growing up in Odessa? All of my family worked in the oil and gas business. My grandfather did, and my dad did as well. And so what I remember most is just being in the vast open fields. I went to work with my dad like in the early 80s, like almost every single day, it seemed like. On the weekends and certainly during the summer when I wasn't in you know, grade school, I was out in these fields. And I still remember vividly a number of things about that time. And I can leave here right now with no map and go directly where I was as a five-year-old or a six-year-old in these fields. Wow. Made um, an impression, obviously. Yeah, made an impression. 
you know, we came from very humble beginnings. And then once this economic crisis hit in the mid-1980s, you know, we lost everything. I mean, wow. almost everything and couldn't rub two nickels together right. during that period of time. It was a tough time. There's elements I remember that were awesome. And again, the people and some of the lasting relationships that I still have, but also a pretty tough time where we didn't have much and couldn't do much. And everything was kind of a no based on money, meaning that could I play football in junior high? No, because we don't have the money. Can I do this? No, because we don't have the money. A lot of that was kind of tough, despite some of the incredible people that I got to build relationships with over the years. Of course. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but you got to be willing to take the bad with the good and the good with the bad. Yeah, that's right. You that's exactly be, right. You know, because if you don't evolve, you die. Yeah, that's exactly right. Growing up in Odessa and then in the second half of the 1980s was major economic turmoil and personal tragedy in my life. My own father took his life at the age of 30 and when I was 10 years old. So he was 20 when I was born and he took his life and suffered from mental illness. And I didn't realize it at the time and still don't have a ton of insight into it today, but got into a place where I think he was hurting. I think he had just incredible despair and did not know how to stop the hurt other than taking a final action to stop the hurt. Right. And then that left us in a position of my mom didn't work and we just didn't have anything. I still kind of go through that time period where we had nothing. And I knew in order for me to kind of get out of the cycle and be able to somehow break out of this cycle. Otherwise, I'm going to be kind of in this place for uh, the rest of my life. Take me back to that 10-year-old little boy. What were you like as a child before that event. And then tell us about your life after that. Oh, man. What was I like before? I was probably just like your regular little boy that was generally in trouble doing things that you shouldn't be doing. Mischief, right? Just mischief, like tearing stuff up all the time and, you know, harassing people, you know, not I call harassing that people, all but, boy. Yeah, all boy, all boy. Definitely all boy, like in the dirt, in the mud, with the dirt bike and, you know, just all boy for sure. And again, I haven't done any kind of psychoanalysis on me. This is probably my first chance to do that with all of you. So that'll be fun to Perfect. work. Yeah, it'll be fun to work it Good all out. Good thing we're capturing it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. It's just got more fun for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, ooh, you're going to be like, uh, that's all the time we have. No. Uh, but I was always a little bit more outspoken, probably even in the second and third and fourth grade, a little outspoken, clowning around all the time, making jokes. And literally, like, if I have any feedback today, like sometimes in the corporate world, we do these 360 surveys mm-hmm. where everybody gives you feedback and the whole thing. And you love to read the awesome feedback but you don't really like to read the not-so-awesome feedback. But if I literally look at my first grade and second grade report cards and I match that up with feedback I still get today, it's the same feedback. (laughs) (laughs) It's the same. Talks too much. Inappropriate jokes from time to time. So you're still all boy. All still, right. And so it's still the same stuff. I was that way definitely before 10 years old. And then after 10 years old, and again, I haven't really thought a whole lot about it, but I was bad. Not bad in terms of like no drug use or anything like that, nothing like that, but just very disruptive, very disruptive and probably acting out a lot. And one that would start some conflict. I I was going to say confrontational. Correct. Confrontational, just kind of running my mouth and talking, which in Odessa, Texas, you don't 
in particularly in the 1980s, that might be true today, I don't know. But definitely in the 1980s, if you ran your mouth, fists are going to come at you. This was no like, hey, let's sit down and talk about it and work out our feelings. That was not. No, the, no. Right. That's not how it worked there. No. And so, so I, I definitely in fights and those kinds of things a lot, just largely for running my mouth. And it was probably, I didn't think about it at the time. And again, you didn't really kind of seek out therapy and right. you know, not a thing. Help. No, nothing. Not a you thing. Didn't even Zero. Talk about you didn't talk about nothing. Right. Yeah, you're going to be fine. We just won't talk about it. Right. Yep. Of course. Suppression. No, right. Exactly. Yeah. It was probably, well, probably a guarantee it was related to the tragedy that I went through. And that was a tough time. For whatever reason, I kind of got my act together a little bit more. Actually, I know why I got my act together a little bit more. I got my act a little bit more in, you know, kind of the eighth grade and beyond. And the reason I got my act together a little bit more is that I started working, you know, at 13, 14 years old and started working and doing a couple of different things while I was going in junior high school and in high school. And I got into an environment that I'm like, okay, I, first of all, we have no money. If I want to be on the school's lunch program, basically free lunch and go over there and sit with people that are on free lunches, which if that's what I want to do, then okay, great. But if I want to hang out with the cool kids and people who have money, I'm going to have to work for it because we don't have, we don't have anything. And I literally remember working at this little country store. It was called Hopper's Country Store, and it was owned by two people. Their names were Norman and Joyce Hopper. They're both passed away now. They're in their 60s in the 1980s, so they both have passed away. And I was making $3.50 an hour, and I worked there Tuesday nights, Thursday nights, and probably four or five hours on a Sunday, Saturday, $3.50 an hour. So that's breaking down the boxes, that's sweeping the floors, that's mopping the floors, that's cleaning the bathrooms, stocking the shelves, all of that for three fifty an hour. And so generally I worked two to two and a half hours on a Tuesday night, same thing on a Thursday night, like I said, four or five hours on a Saturday and that was about, I don't know, 25, 30, maybe as high as $40 for the week. Wow. That helped me like do what I wanted to do and buy the lunch that I wanted to buy and eventually buy the shoes I wanted to buy. It's very materialistic in the 1980s. I feel like this isn't as much of a thing today based on my own children. But in the 1980s, it was very materialistic, particularly in this part of the country. If you didn't wear the right brand of jeans or have the right brand of shoes, you're just not in. And I wanted to be in and I wanted to be, I don't know if I wanted to be in, I didn't want to be out. I'll say it that way. I didn't want to be out. I can relate to that. And so, yeah, so I quickly just started to work as much as I could and get the money I could to be able to appear like we weren't completely dirt poor. Mm -hmm. Because appearances in that particular time, I think in that particular era, in that particular time, and at my particular age, appearances mattered. It's almost, yeah, I mean, it's perception is reality is not just the saying. Yeah. Well, especially and it at that age. And it yeah. doesn't have a time stamp. Right. Right? It, I feel like that's something that we've all experienced. Who were your role models? During that time, I had one role model that I just fondly remember and think of often. And when I say often weekly. After I did this country store thing, I did that for, I don't know, like the seventh and eighth grade, maybe the ninth grade too. And then from the ninth grade on, I started working on the JL Johnson Ranch, which is just west of Odessa. It's about a 25,000 acre ranch. And my dad and my grandfather worked on the oil business there, one of the vast oil fields at that time in the 1980s. 
So when I was going out there, I met the rancher. His name was Ewell Hammett. He was the ranch foreman of the J.L. Johnson Ranch. Up until his death of about 10 years ago, I think he was the foreman for 55 years. Yeah, Like started like, I think he was a fire captain for the Odessa Fire Department and then became the foreman of this ranch and kind of did double duty, but he was there for 55 years. And I think he passed away at... 85 or 86 years old. So about 30, all the way to 85, 86, he was the ranch foreman. So I met him at a very young age. And one day when I'm out there, he asked me, hey, you know, I'm looking for some help. Would you like to help? And I said, sure. And that started first with, you know, a little bit of yard maintenance and all that kind of stuff, all the way to fencing and cattle and all of that. He was a person that I think taught me, one, the value of hard work. And two, just there was some stability and a calmness and leadership within him that I hadn't seen up close like that. And he was a very, very simple man. He and his wife were just so incredibly kind to me. They were so passionate about what they did. And he was a role model for me early on that someone that I looked up to, but also someone that I was not going to disappoint anything and everything I was going to disappoint. And what he valued was incredible hard work. And so therefore, if he valued hard work and he had a pretty high standard for hard work, I wanted to exceed that standard. Mm. And I think early on in that particular era, I got imprinted the value of hard work and the drive. When I was working for him, I mean, he was 60 something years old. I mean, I remember when he had like a triple or a quadruple bypass and like was in the hospital and then came back and it was like three weeks later, he's out there lifting hay bales and this whole thing. And it was just, it was incredible to see what I thought at the time, somebody so ancient because I was like a of course. 16 year old yeah. kid. Right. Of course. Um, thought that it's not that ancient anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty young. Yeah. Um, that was one of the people early on that made a difference in my life and kind of got me square not intentionally, probably unintentionally, but it also still carries within me that now my role as a person who's almost 50 years old, working with people who are a lot younger than me, that I have an impact either directly or indirectly, and anything and everything I do can have a positive or a negative impact and effect on people around me. And I think about that a lot based on his impact on me that he didn't know he made at that time. So many years ago. Yeah, so many years ago. That's amazing, the lessons that that truly stick with Mm. you. Yeah. What were the dynamics of your family during those formative years? It was tough. You know, like I said, my dad passed, and my mom and I weren't all that close. We had a tough time, tough, tough relationship for the majority of the time. We're much better today, but during that time, it was tough. And Mm. she graduated high school in May of 1975, and I was born in June of 1975. Wow. So, you know. In West Texas. Very conservative West Texas. Very conservative, mid-70s. And that would be like my oldest daughter, who's 20. She would have a two-year-old And I can tell you she has no business today having a two-year-old. And that's with growing up in a stable environment. Yeah, exactly. With all the the things that you didn't have and that she didn't have. Right, right. So it was tough. And she was young. And and I know she would go back and do lots of things differently if she had the opportunity to go back, of course. Don't we all? Almost on everything, we'd go back and do things differently. But it it was a tough environment. Like, I have fond memories of the hard work ethic that I think I have today of the incredible people that I think exist in West Texas. I've got fond memories of that, but my memories within my home, 
aren't the fondest in the world. Yeah. yeah. And that's so common. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's so common. It's funny you say yeah. that. Yeah. The difference being is that you being who you are are you're open, vulnerable, and honest about it. Yeah. It's beautiful. And I think that it's that by default, and I'm speaking from my own experience here, provides empowerment for other people to find victory in their vulnerability. Right on. While refusing to be a hostage of their pride. And that is a force multiplication for greater good. That is beautifully said. All those people, you have such a tremendous gift and blessing because of your story. Right. You know, every morning we do this, uh, you know, morning motivational quote that'll like gives perspective for the day or we do verses at night and in the morning, one morning, uh, I think it was this week. I don't know. It didn't happen yesterday. So <laughs> I mean, it could have been three months ago. I don't know. But it was uh, having regrets is like driving a car that only goes in reverse. Yeah. Just because our past isn't painted with rainbows, roses, and lollipops doesn't mean it didn't attribute to who we are now with conviction and grace and gratitude. I couldn't agree more because I believe I, and I'm not perfect, don't get me wrong, but I believe I'm a better parent as a result of what I've gone through because yeah. there's no way no doubt. that my children are going to go through what I went through. No way. And I know that my success that I've had in life, you know, outside of being a parent or outside of being a husband has been because of what I had gone through. And that has its drawbacks too, and I'd be happy to talk about that. But I knew I wanted to break the cycle. I knew I had to get out and I knew there was nobody gonna help me. And it really created a drive within me that I don't think, maybe, maybe I would have had, I don't know, it's hard to know. But I know that there was a fire within me that there was no help around me and I gotta figure this thing out. And I did. It wasn't clear cut. Don't get me wrong. I took us. It's not like I had some grand plan. Okay, now I'm have no money, and I'm going to be president of a Fortune 40 company. Yeah. And here's the plan. That was not it. Type all this out. Right. Yeah. Let me type it all out. And step one, get something to eat. Step two, right? Find enough money to put the gas in the fuel tank. But yeah, I was just trying to survive. You know, I was trying to survive, and I knew that uh, there's nobody coming around me. I was around people with hard work. But what I was going to say is it has its drawbacks, too, because I've had a level of anxiety in me that has been, on one hand, good. On the other hand, kind of unhealthy. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is when I go back and I say that I still remember and I still have these incredible relationships of people that I deeply respect in Odessa and West Texas, I saw incredibly great people lose everything, and were a victim of the economy. Mm. And that scared me. Like, even at 10 years old, I was like, I was anxious about that. I still remember my dad and my uncle talking on the front, like, not even on the front porch. It was, like, in the driveway, like a caliche driveway. Right. Yeah. you know what that means? It's yep. a caliche yeah. driveway. Dirt yeah, dirt road, right? Do you know what that means? You yeah. live in Texas. Yeah, Texas, right, a caliche <laughs> driveway. This was in late 1985. Really worried about the price of oil and the layoffs and companies collapsing and talking about that. And that got me nervous and anxious. But I saw these incredibly great people lose everything. And what also got imprinted me at an early age was I could lose everything and I got to continue to work and deliver and perform irrationally probably 
so that I never find myself in that position in the mid 1980s where we lose everything because I saw great people, no fault of their own. The world changed and they lost everything. Almost overnight. Overnight, right, overnight. And that again was a drive within me that working was never enough, getting to this level of the organization is never enough, making this amount of money is never enough. Mm. I got to keep driving and keep pushing because I need to create a cushion. And that's only gotten right with me probably in the last five years. Really? Up until about five years ago, I was still irrational and overly anxious and borderline neurotic about it. Wow. That's what changed. Yeah. What was it where you were like, okay, I can start to settle down. I was about to lose my 16 year marriage. So I got married in 2002 to my incredible wife, Holly, but it was never enough. And I'm too involved in work. I'm too stressed out about it. I'm not living the life here and now. I'm not putting in the time and effort into our marriage. I have learned that, you know, that tank will run dry and you have to refill that tank just within all relationships, right? Relationships will run dry unless you are constantly refueling and making deposits in the proverbial, you know, bank account. I was making withdrawals and I wasn't putting a whole lot of deposits in and I found out that I was way overdrawn and we got in a very bad place to the point that we filed for divorce. I filed for divorce. And, you know, we got down to the one yard line. I mean, like one inch line of kind of closing this thing up. I mean, we've done all the, you know, dividing up her lawyer, my lawyer, the whole thing. Wow. You were right there. We're right there. Oh, we're down to signatures and we're down to signatures after, you know, our annual bonus comes in, which is at the end of February. So we're down to signatures because that's the last thing. And then we're going to divide everything up and, and move on. And I was so distraught over it. I worked primarily in Seattle and we lived in Bellevue, Washington at the time. And I remember every day walking into the parking garage, so distraught over this, that I would like, there was a trash can. As soon as I walked into the stairwell, into the building, I'd kind of put my problems and all my marriage falling apart problems right there at that trash can. And I'd walk in, put the smile on, do the happy dance, the whole thing, and walk back out the end of the day and pick those problems right back up and take them right to my car. And I was so distraught over it. At the one yard line, we found a spark. And the good news is that there's no bad behavior on any one of our parts. There's no fighting over the assets and stuff. Mm. I'm like, hey, here's what you're entitled to. I'm not going to fight over all that. And I think because as we were going through that, we had about as good of an experience as you can have with that. We didn't find ourselves in a place that we just can't even see one another sure. or talk to one another. So many people go through oh. such ugly, oh, God, it's yes. bad, yeah. right? You can't even, yeah. you can't even, you can't even stand the sight of mm-hmm. something. I mean, so, they can't even be in the same zip code. Right, exactly. Nothing like that. We found a spark there at the end that kind of scared both of us a little bit because we're like, well, what is, like, woo, I thought we were done, <laughs> you know? <laughs> what are we? And we kind of built on it a few more months. And then, you know, we were very public about this with our families and the whole thing. And it was a hard time. But it was me getting right with, I don't know if both people have their contributions to relationship failures, but I had a bigger contribution to mm. the relationship failure at that time. And it was a lot of my behavior and my just being neurotic and being anxious and being scared, being scared of going back to this time in the mid 1980s, irrational, mm-hmm. hold, totally irrational. And just being scared about that to the point where I didn't invest in the relationship and I let my marriage die. It died. 
At the end of my days, I think the most thing I will be thankful for across my entire life, if I have a chance to think about it before I pass from this life, is to be thankful for the opportunity to resuscitate my marriage. Mm. Because most people don't get an opportunity to do that. Most people, like when a relationship dies, people move on, and hopefully, generally, people will find peace after that. But I was able to resuscitate mine. And I think what my wife would tell you is I'm a completely and totally different person over the last five years than I was in the first 16 years. Wow. And unfortunately, it took that for me to kind of get my act together. And I wished it didn't take that for me to get my act together, but it did. And I'm forever grateful for it. Thank God. Yeah. Forever grateful. Absolutely. That's right. And thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I mean, it's beautiful that you are where you are now. Yeah. That's the thing I'm most proud of in my life is we have an incredible relationship. We have two incredible children and our family is just blessed beyond measure. And I've had all the success outside of that in the workplace. But to me, that's secondary or tertiary to the success that we've had. And that's been hard. And again, of course, that's been hard. But Man, we're just in such a great place today. So happy for you. Yeah, thank you. For all of you. It's greatness. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. T-I-K-A.com. Take me back to how your professional career, yeah. what was that trajectory? You wanted to break the cycle. 
And then yeah. you got an opportunity. I did. I, I stumbled. So this business I've been a part of for almost 30 years. So 1994. And I just literally stumbled into this business before anyone really had a cell phone. There's like two of us that had one. And my high school friend at the time recommended like, oh, you got to go work for this company. And you're going to Lubbock because I was leaving Odessa and I was chasing a girlfriend to Lubbock. Big um, city. Big, big city, right? That's what I knew I made it. I'm like, <laughs> I'm getting out of Odessa, Texas. <laughs> and I'm going to Lubbock and I've made it. Uh, Y'all sound like so West Texans right now. Come oh, buddy yeah. Holly, baby. Right, exactly. Buddy Holly, that's where the big mall is. That's right. Um, the South Plains Mall. And, you know, yeah. So I went to Lubbock and I just kind of fell into this business. And at that time, they're looking for salespeople. And if you could make it, great. You made a lot of money. And if you couldn't, then you got fired pretty much immediately. And so the interview was something like, can you fog a mirror? If you can fog a mirror, you're hired. <laughs> That's basically, basically how it worked. It was literally that. Because I had zero skills. I had no idea what I was doing. Like, I had nothing. So, like, they hired me. And I'm like, all right. So, like, here's the number. And if I don't make the number, I'm tossed out of here. So, I got to make the number. And I literally had my first business cards. And I'm literally leaving business cards at pay phones. Because if I can leave my business cards at pay phones, and I can get people who are wearing pagers, that they get a page and they pull over and they go to the pay phone. You should graduate from that. That's kind of dumb. Why don't you talk to me, drop the pager, and I'll get you a cell phone, blah, 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 blah. Brilliant marketing. And, right, exactly. So I yeah. literally ran around all over town doing that kind of stuff. And then one opportunity kind of led into another. And... First of all, I worked with in the mid '90s. I just I had this. I had so much fun. I worked with a whole group of people that was a cast of characters. It was really kind of a band of misfits, and but it taught me a lot. I won't name names or anything, but like this person over here was just kind of the crazy, borderline unethical kind of crazy person over here. Then <laughs> um, this person over here was like really awesome driver, but like really kind of created these weird dynamics where everybody. You know, like as soon as she walked in, everybody was uncomfortable, but she was really awesome and made her numbers. And so I had all these cast of characters that I got to learn from. And I try to take a little bit from here and a little bit from here and try to make my way of doing things, you know, the way I wanted to do it from learning from everybody else. But I remember we called it, uh, uh, you're going to laugh at this because you know, let me show you boot camp, but we called it the boot camp. That was the sales <laughs> training program. That was called boot camp. It's probably just the like same. The Marine Corps. Yeah, oh, I exactly, bet it is. Yeah. Same, just exactly right. <laughs> yeah, right. You same. know, at, at the hotel, at the embassy suites, just <laughs> like oh, the yeah. Marines. Right. I mean, we did the same stuff. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Room service. Room service, yeah. you know, drinks, you know, the whole thing. But the trainer said, only one of you will make it out of this. And there's like 25 of us and turned out he was right. But yeah, I just, every single one of these opportunities I got and, and I talked to people about this all the time, that what you want to be able to do is in the moment, outwork everybody, in the moment, take care of everybody around you. So it's not just doing what you need to do to advance yourself. It's about taking care of everybody else around you and making a group of people better. And that will come back to you and reward you if you do that. And in corporate America, you need to grand slam high profile moments. Every once in a while, you're going to get a moment with your boss's boss, and you are going to have a moment that, sure, on a Wednesday when nobody's looking, you need to be doing the right things. But you're also going to have a moment where that five minutes is going to matter. Maybe that 10-minute presentation is going to matter, and you better grand slam that. And I kind of learned that early on, and I really put in the preparation and the effort to, every time I got a kind of one of those high-profile moments that I call, I try to grand slam that. And that got me noticed. 
Then I'm in a conversation. And then when opportunity starts flowing, I just decided to say yes to every opportunity. We want you to go to the Rio Grande Valley. Yes. Yes. Uh, We want you to go to Omaha, Nebraska. Yes. So I said yes to everything. Why I said yes to everything is I was scared of saying no, because if I said no, I'm going back to Odessa, Texas in the 1980s and I'm going to be, you know, penniless. So I said yes to everything at a point of like not following some game plan that I wrote out, but out of being scared to say no. Right. And again, that served me incredibly well. But like I said a few moments ago, that came with a little bit of problems too in my personal life. What do you want your legacy to be? Oh, gosh, my legacy. I'm in a place in my career where I'm thinking more and more about that. I want it to be one where people will think of me and will say, man, I am better because of his impact in my life. I am a better person. I'm a better leader. I'm creating a work environment where everybody can thrive. Because one of the things that's most important to me is particularly at this level of the organization where I create work environments that attract the very best people and allow them to do their very best work. And if I can do that at a senior level in the organization, then I have the best chance for that to permeate to the next level of the organization and then permeate to the next level and permeate to the next level. And before you know it, you've got a highly functioning and productive and thriving organization based on the people that you attract. Jack Welch will tell you that leadership is like gardening, a lot of watering, a lot of you know planting, a lot of nutrients. And every once in a while, you got to pick out a few weeds out of the garden every once in a while. And that's part of it too. You know, sometimes the work environment is rising, isn't right because you have a, the wrong leader or a toxic leader in the organization that you got to deal with. But I, I really want my legacy to be someone who created incredible, thriving work environments that helped people do things in their lives that they never thought imaginable, that helped them break their own cycles, that helped them as they were thinking about challenges with their parents and challenges with their grandparents and the circumstances that they were born into, that they are able to break out of that. I'm also passionate about helping minorities who just, you know, have everything going against them in so many ways and helping them break out of that as well. My organization is 76% minority. We have a lot of our employees in New York City and Los Angeles and Miami and, you know, all the big markets mm-hmm. and also in smaller places across the country, too. But I can't tell you how many people have told me their stories and like they look at themselves and they can't believe what they're doing now. And I look at them and say, oh, my God, you haven't even touched. You're at the tip of the iceberg. What I see in you is what you can do, not what you've done. What you've done is probably the most unbelievable part of the story. The most believable part of your story is what you're going to do that you can't even see yet. And helping people understand that and tap into that and be all that they can be is something that I would love to be remembered for. Well, I think it's safe to say... You're crushing it. Yeah. Not I think it's safe. I know it's safe. I mean, I've looked at the numbers. What a beautiful legacy. So it's all about, right? Leaving it better than you found it. Yeah. Like any other business, like you have lots of statistics and numbers, and there's an old saying and cliche out there that statistics fade, but the impact of people in your life will be remembered forever. I just spoke about the rancher that I work for, that he would never have dreamed in a million years that one, I'm doing what I'm doing, and two, that he had the impact in my life. And 
I had the opportunity just not too long ago to reach out to my sixth grade teacher who I've kept in touch with for a while, but I just told her, I said, hey, it just washed over me. I did this last August and it washed over me how important of a role that she played in my life. And I had an opportunity to reach out to her and tell her that. And she was just kind of blown away by that. And all of us just have this incredible opportunity to make such an enormous impact on people. And I'm just fortunate to be able to do that in a bigger way than I ever thought I could. It's beautiful. How do you relax and recharge? Oh, 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 that's a problem. Um, I'm always a little amped. I have a decent facade. Mm -hmm. I'm a pretty calm person and try to project calmness. But I have a hard time kind of relaxing, I think. And we we don't typically take, you know, seven to 10 or 14 day vacations. We'll try to get some stuff in on the weekend. And right by the time I'm kind of unwinding, it's about <laughs> Sunday night. <laughs> and time to get time back to after it. Yeah, time to get back after it. So, so that's still a work in progress for me in terms of relaxing. And so I'm always a little amped. On one hand, I am relaxed because... Even though I have a lot of responsibility and a lot of stress around that, I'm relaxed because I have an incredible team of people that I work with. Mm. That makes me, you know, relaxed. Because if I had all of this responsibility and accountability, but with an effective weak team, then that gets pretty rough pretty fast. But I have this unbelievable team and this capable team that that I am as relaxed as I can be relative to the responsibility that that I have. Recharging, I've got a place just north of Dallas in the Whitesboro area. It's a couple hundred acres that I kind of go out and find awesome. the solitude and get on the John Deere tractor. And, you know, again, all boy, like all boy. if I can find some big machinery that like goes and cuts a bunch of stuff down and ride that around for a little while, that's what I want to do. That's great. brilliant. If I had a backhoe, I'd literally get on that and just dig up holes for no reason <laughs> and just fill them back in. <laughs> fill them back in. Yeah, bulldoze them down. Yes. You know, so. I, I mean, mean it's who, a great pastime. Right. And you don't have to be the little boy in you does can be the grown man that enjoys that. And I think it's fair to say, like, most people. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's a lot of power at your fingertips. Oh, yeah. Oh, Those are earth movers. I used, oh, yeah. make, I used to make mud pies when I was growing up. I mean, I was oh, always wow. outside. Exactly. Always yeah, outside. same here. Right. Last yeah. question. Yeah. What would you say to someone that isn't so fortunate to be under your leadership to have those conversations, to talk about their upbringings, maybe the challenges they went through? I would say it's okay. When you think that your environment and your upbringing that might have been really challenged and you think it's unique to you, chances are it is not unique to you. So many of us have our own thing that can make us feel ashamed mm -hmm. and you just want to stuff it down. You don't want to talk about it and you don't want to acknowledge it. But I can tell you from my own personal wellness, emotionally and mentally, talking about it and coming to grips with it and also seeing it, Jake, what you said just a few moments ago, seeing it as beautiful that I couldn't do what I'm doing today without, I, I certainly wouldn't be the person I am today that I love who I am today. Like I get all kinds of warts, but I love who I am today. I'm very comfortable with my own skin. I love who I am today. I wouldn't change anything. If I had an opportunity to change the last 20 years, I don't think I'd change much, including almost losing my marriage because the last five years has been more fulfilling than I would have ever imagined if I hadn't gone to that point. So for me, I know I've tried to get better over the last five years in particular, wrestling and learning and being okay with 
challenges that I've had when I was growing up in my overall environment. And I would just tell somebody that it's it's okay. Like if you're ashamed by that, I think that's a natural feeling. If you think you're alone, then I don't think you are. Talk about it, be open about it and help others. And to me, like every time I've talked about this a little bit, I've had so many people who've said that helped me tremendously in so many ways. That gives me even more inspiration to talk a little bit more about it and go a little bit deeper next time because it has helped people. Like I've been a little bit at the surface and then, ooh, you know, I want to hear a little bit more about that or, you know, I want to tell you my story and that gives me inspiration. And it's amazing if you take the lens of trying to help others, how much it helps yourself. Mm. That is the good stuff. And that is exactly what the show is all about. And thank you so much for your vulnerability, for coming on and for sharing your story and providing perspective for all of us. You're very welcome. Thank Thank you. Thank you, John Fryer. Yeah. Yeah. Look, your ability to burn your pain as fuel in order to take more ground and having the intuitiveness as a child to do that, I think you and I both know is a gift. But the way that you have been able to put that into an ever-evolving practice to create force multipliers for the greater good is something that is extremely unique. To say it's an honor and privilege would be a drastic understatement. I can't wait to do more stuff with you. Listen, the honor is all mine. I'm just a, I'm just a simple guy from Odessa, Texas, that is doing my thing. You're the hero of this uh, conversation, my friend. Oh, uh, no. I, well, then we'll agree to disagree. It's, uh, <laughs> which is okay to uh, do in this country. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank so, you so much. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you all. I think it is so inspiring that an executive of such a large corporation that employs thousands of people across the globe is willing to be so vulnerable and come tell his truth and his story and how he got to where he is today. Proof that everyone has a story. Exactly. And it's proof positive that you put in the work, you reap the rewards. He is a prime example of what finding victory in your vulnerability and refusing to be a hostage to your pride looks like. Absolutely. And I'm just so glad that our paths crossed with T-Mobile and with John Fryer. So grateful because T-Mobile has been trailblazers in the communications industry. And, you know, when we started years ago as 22 Kill, we were trailblazers because we were in your face. And the fact that we've collided and now we're fighting together to gain ground for the fight for the greater good, it's a beautiful God thing. Absolutely. Love our Magenta fam. Thank you so much for listening. If this episode touched you today, please share it and be part of making someone else's day better. Put on your badass capes and go be great today. And remember, you can't do epic stuff without epic people. Thank you for listening to The Good Stuff. The Good Stuff is executive produced by Ashley Schick, Jacob Schick, Leah Pictures, and Q-Code Media. Hosted by Ashley Schick and Jacob Schick. Produced by Nick Casolini and Ryan Countshaus. Post-production supervisor, Will Tindy. Music editing by Will Haywood-Smith. Edited by Mike Robinson. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. 
With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com.